Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. Today there is a cry for a populist movement in America that goes beyond political parties. I'm Mark Taylor. Welcome to this edition of Crosspoint. My guest today is Floyd Brown, author, speaker, and media commentator, and former CEO of the USA Radio Network. Talking today with Floyd Brown, counterpunch is uh, kind of an interesting way to look at what's going on in our world. And it says an unlikely alliance of America's fighting back for faith and freedom, and we need that as well. And Floyd, right in the front part of the book here, the preference part of the book, I guess this all started, you talk about in 2021 when you went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to speak at a conference. Uh, It was kind of focused on ending the COVID lockdowns. And you said what happened there was very profound. Unity broke out. And then you said, since that day, I've traveled the country with others sharing this message. We need uh, not fear if we trust in God and work together. And that's what you've been doing since um, you that day when you went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, it's what I've been trying to do, and I, I really feel that uh, that's what the Lord wants me to do. I... Uh, my message is is really very simple. If if we want to be more effective for God, for Jesus, then what we have to do is we have to draw closer to Him. And as we draw closer to Him, He will lay out our path, and He will tell us what our part is in the body of Christ to uh, to rebuild and remake and save America. And so that's uh, uh, the message, and uh, I feel that, uh, you know, the Lord wants us to occupy until he comes. You know, we know the battle's already been won. We know that uh, the spiritual forces in heaven have already fought this out and are fighting this out, yep. and uh, that we serve a victorious Savior. But here on earth, it's, 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 it's our responsibility as Christians to share the love of Jesus and to share the message of Jesus, and especially as this world is as crazy as it is right now, we have an opportunity to, I think, reap a huge harvest because people are looking for solutions in this crazy world. And I believe, and I know you believe with me, that Jesus is the only answer to these questions. Uh, No doubt to that at all. Uh, You know, in the book, you've got 22 chapters, I believe, in there, all of them loaded with great information that people really need to be picking on. A lot of information, I believe, people that would be listening would agree with you on and get a little extra information in into what they may know and not know. One of those areas is right in the front, page 8 of the book, and you talk about over the last four decades, the wealthiest 1% of all Americans have ripped $47 trillion that's trillion dollars in wealth out of the hands of the rest of the company country. You say, you know, they got free interest loans. The elites took the free money and ran. And the more they doubled down their money at zero risk and loss because the feds gave that to them. Uh, there are some people out there getting really rich off of this stuff like COVID and stuff. Um, I just recently went through open heart surgery in a big hospital. And uh, I was talking, you know, different doctors. And one doctor 
said something to me that was very interesting because I always ask them a lot about this area of COVID when I'm in the hospital. Some don't want to talk about it. Some will. And he said COVID was created for the vaccine. <laughs> he said these pharmaceutical companies have got filthy rich from what's happened in America. Yes. Well, I, I think I lay this out really clearly in the book, or at least I tried to. There has been at work, I'm 62 uh, years old. And in my lifetime, that uh, means I was born in 1961. In my lifetime, the wealth disparity of Americans has uh, skyrocketed. You know, back in the 60s, even in the early 70s, there wasn't this massive disparity between the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Jeff Bezoses and the and uh, the these uh, the Larry Finks of of uh, BlackRock and what have you. There wasn't this gigantic wealth disparity. Uh, you know, yeah, there was. there's always been wealthy people and there's always been poor people. But America was very much uh, more about the middle class. And we had a much stronger and more active and financially secure middle class uh, when, when I was born. And the reason that this has happened is not by accident. And it's not because of free enterprise. In fact, it's it's because we really have uh, transformed from a country that believed in free enterprise and believed in, in, in freedom of exchange. And government has come in and actively run policies that have made the wealthiest very, very wealthy. And COVID is one of the best examples of that. People don't realize this, but COVID alone, the policies pursued by the government uh, for COVID minted or created 40 brand new billionaires, while at the same time, it closed many forever, literally hundreds of thousands of small businesses. The small businesses that the middle class depend on for their wages, for their jobs, for their livelihoods. They, they suffered the most during COVID, but the people at the top made out fabulously well. And uh, they went on a buying spree. They bought millions of dollars of stock and property and farmland and you name it, even residential housing. The, uh, the, the truth is it's these very wealthy 1% that has, has bought up all this stuff with money that they got from the Fed at zero interest rates. So uh, you're right. They had they had virtually no risk in doing it while the middle class uh, was, you know, soldiering through lockdown in their houses, couldn't work, couldn't go to their businesses. A lot of their businesses were shut down. They couldn't even pay their credit card bills. It was really tough on the middle class. And the government, by policy, they suppressed therapeutics, and I'm talking about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, that we now know it has been exposed, did actually help with COVID. And instead, they went all in on these vaccines that the billionaires made millions of, and the vaccines in the end didn't really work. So uh, it didn't stop you from getting COVID. It didn't stop you from spreading COVID. It was really a failure or a failed vaccine, in my opinion. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a, a really good example. But it's not just that. 
I would also call this whole green energy uh, push is about giving subsidies to billionaires who are going out and getting loans and, and, you know, buying up real estate and putting solar panels on it and putting, uh, you know, windmills on it. And they're doing this because they get fabulous, lavish, lavish tax breaks and subsidies to do it. And yet that energy is not very reliable because when the sun's not out, you don't get solar energy. And when the wind's not blowing, you don't get wind energy. And so uh, the, in, instead, there's been a, a war against what is our most effective energies, which I would which I talk about in the book is actually nuclear energy. And then next after that, oil and natural gas. And I talk a lot about what I call the uniparty really is built on three legs. And one is what I call the military industrial complex, which a lot of people have heard of. But the other complex is the pharmaceutical and healthcare complex. And then the third uh, is, is what I call the media and big tech complex. These three complexes are in a super pact to control the government using both Republicans and Democrats. And so that's, uh, that's uh, uh, the problem we have. The country is being run for those elite and not for the benefit of citizens. Well, you speak of the elites, and in this, still kind of staying in this first part here, uh, it's entitled Shapeless, Shadowy, and Lethal. You do bring up the part about the Great Reset, and we've had programs here on Crosspoint that we have brought that, had actually had people come in and speak about it as well. But you say, how would this Great Reset actually come to pass? Like, how would it be administrated uh, enforced, funded, and so on. Well, there's a society ordering model in the world that fairly resembles or familiarly resembles the Great Reset. They call it this the Common Prosperity Model. It first appeared in communist China in the 1950s. Uh, so the Great Reset isn't something new, but it is something new that they're going to push, and they're really getting to push it here a lot lately. And, you know, it, there is information out there, Floyd, about this stuff like the Great Reset. But when we had a speaker come in here and we used that word on the Internet, YouTube, using the uh, social media to promote it, we were tagged and shut down. Right. Well, that's because they don't want the citizenry to know, because an informed citizenry that still has its rights under the U.S. Constitution is their greatest fear. Truth, exposure, knowledge of what they're up to, is what they fear most. So they try to keep everything cloaked in secrecy. And and then they engage in, in just outright propaganda campaigns. A lot of people don't realize this. For years, it had been illegal for the U.S. government to use propaganda techniques against the U.S. citizenry. President Barack Obama signed a bill which took away those prohibitions. And now the U.S. government is free to use propaganda techniques on its citizens, and that's exactly what they do. And that's why this big tech media complex is is so dangerous. We learned a lot about this w w during what were called the Twitter files. And they, the Twitter files actually came out after my book was written, but it uh, really opened up and exposed the patterns that I talk about in the book, in, in the ways that they manipulate big tech. 
because you're right. There are two groups that have a target on their backs when it comes to um, social media, and that is uh, Christians and conservatives. I'll tell you, you know, you, you can't go on YouTube and talk about abortion and the killing of innocent children. You can't go on YouTube and talk about, um, you know, the need for traditional marriage and the hoax of homosexual marriage, which isn't marriage at all. In fact, it's a war on God and it's godless. And uh, you can't talk about those things on YouTube. You can't talk about those things on Facebook. You can't talk about those things under these big tech companies or they will suppress you and stop what you want to say. Well, you do mention COVID in the part of was the elite state's darkest victory. In fact, you talk about the elite state several times uh, in different chapters of the book. And you point out something interesting that most people knew, uh, something that Dr. McDonald had wrote, uh, page 39. You say thousands of Los Angeles, uh, they they rioted maskless in the streets and in the name of racial justice, looted and burned down billions of dollars of property. But nothing was ever done about those things, you know. So, of course, we know the devil's in the dirty work, but somebody's in there with him, and he's got several people he must be controlling uh, when these kind of things happen. My book is written mostly for a secular audience. I'm a believing Christian, and much of what I, you know, write in the book is I kind of try to take people right up to the spiritual dimensions of all of this. But I guarantee you this is all spiritual warfare. Yes. And to fight these people, we have to put on the whole armor of God. I'm in the news business. I run a website called westernjournal.com. We produce about 30 written articles a day of news and, and information from a conservative and Christian perspective. But I actually tell people, if you want to understand the news, turn it off and instead read your Bible. The Bible gives you the tools you need to discern what's going on in the news. And without scripture, And without God's word in you, it is extremely difficult to make sense of what's going on on in the world. And uh, but when we read the Bible, what do we find out? Well, we find out that there's this guy. His name is Satan. He has been warring against God uh, now for 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 thousands of years, and his his goal is to come to kill people, to destroy lives, to hurt people, and to create uh, bloodshed and, and, and problems here on earth, and that God is trying to call people to him because he wants them to accept Jesus Christ, and he wants them to be you know, saved, not in, in, even in this life, but in the next life, because hell and heaven are real. And a lot of people in this nation are headed straight to the pit of hell, which is eternal damnation. It's not for a season. It's not for a day. It's for the rest of eternity. And people need to know this message. And the church has quit preaching it. Uh, Most churches now don't talk about hell. They don't talk about um, eternal damnation. They don't talk about the dark side. They don't talk about how Satan is coming to kill them 
And so as a result, they don't understand what's really going on. But you can if you read Scripture. You don't even need a pastor in the sense that if you read Scripture and you study Scripture and you spend time in Scripture, all of these things are outlined in detail, and you can then discern what's going on in the world today. Well, we are talking about the new book out, Counterpunch by Floyd Brown. He's our guest today here on Crosspoint. Stay with us, folks. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, your host, and with me today I've got Floyd G. Brown. Now he's award-winning author, media commentator, and founder of the Western Journal. Now, Floyd, tell people if they want to know more about this book, Counterpunch, or what you do at the Western Journal, or whatever else you've done out there in other books, tell people how they do that. Well, they can obviously find us at westernjournal.com, and we have an app that they can download to their phones. Uh, It's available in both the Android store and the Apple store. Western Journal is the name of the app, and they can get our news every day. It's free of charge. And so, uh, uh, you know, I encourage them to do that. My book's available at at most bookstores. Uh, It's available there. It's also available at, uh, you know, Amazon and and other book retailers, Barnes & Noble, etc. The reason that I wrote the book was, you know, we produce the news every day at Western Journal, but I think it's appropriate to step back from the daily news sometimes and analyze really what's going on and the patterns that that we see. And, uh, you know, the elites are in a push towards globalism, and it's really important for Christians to understand, first of all, globalism isn't new. Globalism has been around for a long, long time. And, um, you know, Nimrod was the first global dictator. He's in the book of Genesis. He built the Tower of Babel. And um, and what did they do at that time? They declared themselves God. Pharaoh, he was a global dictator. When the children of Israel were called out of the land of Egypt, at that time, Pharaoh ruled the entire world. And Pharaoh considered himself a god. And whether it's Caesar, who ruled the whole known world at the time of Christ, he considered himself god. Globalism is Satan's system. Now, God has given us his system of government governance, and it's really modeled after the nation of Israel. When God called the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he gave them three things. He gave them a culture. He gave them a religion, and he gave them borders. And those borders are really important. And part of the reason globalists hate borders is because they like to, um, uh, they, 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 they know people feel safe inside their borders and that nations flourish inside their borders. And this nation, the United States of America, has, I believe, been a covenant nation from the time it was created, and that covenant status has allowed us to, to 
to facilitate the carrying of the gospel to the entire globe, a big part of God's plan. And right now, the only thing that's keeping the globalists at bay is that Americans still want America, they still love America, and they they want our nation to continue. They want to tear it down. And so our battle is really to keep America America and uh, to keep this global system from coming for as long as we can. We know it's eventually going to come because, you know, we can read about it in Scripture. We can read about it in the book of Revelation. But we want to hold it off. We want to stay that time because during this time that we're still a nation, the harvest continues and we can talk about Jesus. We can share the love of Jesus with people. We can reach people and the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few, but we have a lot of people right now that are really open to the message of Christ. And so what I want wanted people to do and what I try to talk about in the book is, you know, getting out of your house. Don't be so isolated. Get involved with your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. Uh, form a community group. Uh, and, and, and through that, you'll be able to be the hands and feet of Christ. In the book, Chapter 6, you, it's entitled, Meet the Enforcement Agent for the Elite State. And like I said, you talk about the elite state in many different chapters of the book. So talk about this enforcement agent. I believe I know what you're talking about here by looking at the chapters, but uh, see if other people kind of follow along that same line of who is this enforcement agent of the elite state? Well, um, the enforcement agent uh, is, in, in essence, the deep state. It is right now it would be this Justice Department that is spending all of its time um, trying to go after and create crimes that are allegedly committed by Donald Trump, while at the same time looking at open crimes committed by our sitting president and doing nothing about it. Uh, I would also, you know, I'd include the IRS. I'd include the, the CIA. I would include all of these people that are are in these government agencies that are really um, pushing anti-American um, policies on the population. Yeah. Now, you talk about in here the children of our future, we must teach them well. Another chapter there, and you talk about education. You say it's a black eye for America today precisely precisely because the elite state has focused so much energy on it. They're it's, using the schools as propaganda tools. Oh, sure. I mean, what, what people don't realize is they're not teaching anymore the basics, you know, reading, writing, mathematics. I mean, that's why in Baltimore, for example, they're graduating students just like they always have, but none of the graduates are proficient in mathematics. But you know what they do understand? They understand transgenderism. They're, they're very, very confused sexually. Yeah. At the time of the sexual revolution, and when they started all of this uh, godless sex education, which has been like a cancer in the schools. It's been like a cancer. And they've sexualized young people. They started by sexualizing teenagers, but now they're sexualizing kids in junior high and in elementary school and giving them sexual propaganda, teaching them, you know, all about sex. And so the schools have become focused on 
on all of this stuff that really isn't education. I think America's children would be better if we just shut them down. And uh, uh, and and this this type of propaganda is intended uh, really to confuse young people, to make them isolated. All of the false narratives I talk about in the book, by the way, they're all intended to make people feel powerless. They want Americans to be isolated. They want Americans to feel powerless. They want you to depend on them. That's exactly what what this whole court decision on affirmative action and how did the left respond? They said to black Americans, you... You can't be a success unless we give you success without merit. Well, that's just a lie of Satan, because black people can be as excellent, they can be as proficient, they can be, uh, you know, wonderful workers, they can be anything a white person can be, okay? But instead, they get this propaganda from the government telling them they're less than. I was very good friends uh, with Herman Cain, and I can tell you uh, this used to drive Herman crazy. Herman was a rocket scientist. He had a degree in mathematics, and uh, he was an unbelievably proficient businessman, and he grew up dirt poor, but he was a, a wonderful lover of Jesus. He was a gospel singer. Uh, he was actually an ordained minister. A lot of people don't realize that about Herman Cain. But this cancer that they're teaching young black children that they can't succeed through hard work and dedication and commitment is such a lie. And it's so negative. And uh, yet that's what the left wants them to do, because they want these black children to feel powerless They want these black children to feel like they can't succeed unless they have some kind of a government handout. And that is to keep them dependent on government. And they do this to to any group they can get their hooks into. And it's evil. Yes, it is. The name of the book is Counterpunch. You talk about that on page 132. You said the only way to counterpunch courageously and it begins with standing for the truth right in our own neighborhoods and working patiently up from there. So explain yeah. that to us. Well, people under people underestimate the power that they have right around themselves to occupy. Okay? You know, we're always waiting for somebody to ride into Washington DC on a white horse yeah. and save the country. Whether it's Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan or somebody else. That isn't how we save America. The way we save America is for every Christian to begin to be a good steward of the opportunities that God has given them right there in their lives. And that means that uh, you've got to get to know your neighbors again. I have I talk about this in the book. I have a, 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 a guy named Basil Fermanos, okay? Basil is a handyman in his neighborhood. He is the guy everybody calls when their doorknobs broken or their, you know, their light fixtures broken or the fan in their house is broken or, you know, they've got a leaky pipe or something. They call Basil. Well, Basil um, 
got upset about mask mandates during COVID. He didn't want to wear a mask and he wasn't going to wear a mask and nobody was going to tell him to wear a mask. So he, he, he texted 50 of his friends and he said, you know what, let's meet for coffee and talk about how we can fight these mask mandates. So he just sent this mass text out to 50 people he knew to meet at the local coffee shop in his neighborhood. And, you know, 250 people showed up. He texted 50 because people wanted to fight these mask mandates, but they needed somebody to step forward and say, you know what, let's get organized. I am very grateful about what I see going on in the country when I see uh, people showing up at school board meetings. When I see people, you know, saying we've had enough of this transgender, transsexual stuff, and we're going to put we're going to put our foot down. You're not going to pump our kids full of hormones, and you're not going to pump our kids full of this garbage, and you're not going to, you know, mutilate them. And they're coming to school boards. It's already been outlawed now in 15 states, but it should be outlawed in all 50. There is no reason that they, they are doing these kinds of surgeries on children here in America. It's evil, and we've got to put a stop to it. So uh, those, but I see people stepping forward for the first time. You know, I see I see immigrants, and I see you know Asian families and Latino families and Black families. None of them want this stuff going on, and I believe that as a result of that. We're building an unlikely alliance of Americans that are going to take the country back in 2024. And we are going to see one last reprieve where we can have a large harvest before our Savior returns. Yeah, I agree with that. The book's entitled Counterpunch. We're talking with Floyd Brown today. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Sharing your faith can be as easy as sharing your favorite radio station. There's no greater way to share the gospel, to reach as many people as possible than through Christian radio. Tell your friends where they can experience hope. It's always pointed to Christ. 91.7 The Word. Welcome back. This is Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, your host. My guest today, Floyd Brown. He's the founder of Western Journal and... uh, award-winning author. We've talked about his book today, Counterpunch. Floyd, if people want to know more about this book uh, and what you do, how can they go about doing that? Well, they can find both the book and and my work at westernjournal.com and uh, they can also follow me on Twitter, which is I'm just at Floyd Brown. I'm very grateful the Lord has given me the platform to be able to speak out on these issues. And, and Mark, I've, I've been so enjoying our conversation so far today. Uh, and I just sense in you, your dedication to America, your dedication to Jesus, your dedication to scripture and to fighting back for our country. And I'm, uh, I just want to say thank you to you. And uh, I, I appreciate uh, that you've got this show and that you are doing what you can to get these messages out. And that's that's what God's calling us all to do, to do what we can do. We're the body of Christ. We can't do it all, um, but each one of us, each one of us has something we can do. You've got your radio show. I've got Western Journal. I was able to write this book. Uh, my my publisher, uh, Charisma Media, they, you know, they, they can publish my book and other books. And and, uh, you know, people have different ministries where they're at. And 
in all we have to do is, you know, I believe if we press into Jesus and if we listen to him and we ask him for direction uh, and just say to him, you know, dear Lord, I want to dedicate these next days and weeks and years, whatever I have left, I want to dedicate it to you and I want to do your will for my life. If we do that together, we will save this country. A lot of people don't realize that when you walk into a church and you look at the people that are in that church, 40% of them aren't even registered to vote. And of the 60% that are registered, half of them aren't showing up to vote on election day. If we just got Christians registered and we got Christians out of the pews and got them to the polls and they voted, we would literally transform this nation. When Christians vote, good things happen. And we're called by scripture to be good stewards of our citizenship and to be good stewards of our nation. And so it's our responsibility. It's not something that we can do if we feel like it. No, it's our job. We're told to do it. And so we've got to get active. And, you know, I've been trying to tell Christians, run if you're unhappy with what's going on in your community, run for town council, run for county council, run for state legislature. God's probably putting that feeling of unease about what's going on into your heart on purpose. And so, you know, to change these things, we have as much right as anyone. It is a heresy to say that Christians shouldn't be involved in politics because there's some so-called separation of church and state. It's not in the Constitution. It's not even in our traditions. And it is a modern heresy. Every church every Christian should be involved in governing their country. I agree completely with that. I also agree with what you talk about, to break the extremist chokehold. That's a section of your book, and you talk about under the hood of the big green. And you talk about every year you attend an Earth Day celebration, and you know you go through and check out and see what's going on. But you also talk about how that we're creating a lot of toxic waste dumps and stuff from all of this that's counter to what they say is going on. I just read a study this week, you know, electric cars, people don't realize this, are heavier than gasoline cars and diesel cars. And so we're having trouble with potholes in America, and a lot of it's caused by electric vehicles because they're so much heavier. They're literally creating more potholes. All of those electric cars require massive amounts of steel and copper to be built. Those those electric engines are full of copper, and it's extremely toxic to mine copper. It's extremely toxic to mine lithium and a lot of the rare earth metals that are needed for these massive batteries that, that, that power these cars. So electric cars are anything but green. And, and, and people don't realize this. You know, they're burning natural gas and oil to generate the electricity that charges the electric car. It's much more environmentally friendly to have a gasoline car. They run better, they run cleaner, they cause less waste, and yet the reason that we've been fed all this propaganda is because there's a bunch of billionaires that are making a lot of money off of it. 
Now, you talk about on page 264, try to fight head-to-head against a bureaucrat at any level, and you'll just punch yourself out, failing, failing away to no end. But fight cleverly, and defeats turns into victories. Tell us how we can fight cleverly. I think I was talking about um, my friend, uh, former state senator Bill Richardson, who uh, wrote a fabulous book that I recommend uh, to people all the time. It teaches you that one person actually can have amazing impact by just fighting smart. And um, and elected officials are you know very very susceptible. Uh, to pressure. And a lot of it's by, you know, creating opportunities, um, you know, to meet them, you attend local gatherings, you, uh, you, you meet with politicians, you can lobby them directly, you can volunteer at a phone bank to get somebody else elected if they're not listening to you. You can do a lot of things, you know, register people at your church, register people on your street. Hold a backyard fundraiser for a neighbor who's running for office or someone from your church that's running for office. You know, um, building politics at the lowest levels of government is not nearly as difficult as it is attacking what's going on in Washington, D.C. So there's 3,100 counties in America. Most of those counties should be governed by conservatives, and they're not. Because a lot of times conservatives just don't show up. Uh, there was a recent story we wrote about in Western Journal about uh, a school district in Phoenix called the Washington Elementary School District. And it got captured by some transgender activists. In fact, the leader on the school board, she didn't consider herself a man and she didn't consider herself a, a, a woman. Um, which she was, by the way, she considered herself a cat and she would wear kitty ears to the school board meeting. Well, there were no less than four megachurches in this school district, any one of which could have controlled that school district if they had just organized the people in their church to do it. And yet they sat by and let these transgender activists capture the school district. And, uh, you know, we kind of only all learned about it because they decided they made a policy statement that they were no longer going to take student teachers from Arizona Christian University, which was which is our, our local Christian college. And um, they uh, they said, you know, we don't want any more student teachers in our district that are Christians because Christians are bigots against transgenders. These transgenders had literally taken over the school board when Christians were a majority in the community. I know. I know. That is kind of disheartening. It's disheartening on one side because we probably haven't done what we should in the past, but it's actually exhilarating on the other side because it means that if we just get out of our pews and if we just get moving, then we can capture the country. The church has been asleep. In a lot of ways, the modern church is, has, has, has become, you know, like life support for lukewarm Christians. But we don't have to stay that way. We can re-energize our own spiritual walk with God. We can get closer to Him through our own efforts, and we can um, work within our churches to, to, to 
revive our entire church and to get them active in the community the way they probably should have been in the past. And we have the issues right now to do it because people are so upset with how far and how absurd this whole pride movement has become. You say in right at the end of the book, you said you can watch or you can get in the ring and you tell people how they're on some of the pages of what they can do, whether it's run or help others to run for board uh, in some area. People need to get involved. That's the big bottom line here, too. We've got to counterpunch the culture because it's punching us down, and we've got to counterpunch, but we have to do it in a different way to win this battle. Right. Satan comes to kill and destroy, and that's why, you know, Satan loves abortion so much. Every time a child is killed through abortion, it hurts the heart of God. And so Satan takes pleasure. Anytime somebody dies of a drug overdose and it hurts a family and rips a family apart, Satan celebrates because he's hurt God. These are God's children he's killing. That's his. That's how he gets happy. And so once once you kind of understand the spiritual nature of that, then then, you know, all of a sudden you realize that by loving people who are hurting and by helping people who have problems, you are being Christ's hands and feet, and you literally can transform your town with the love of Christ to the hurting people there and lead them to Christ. Now, in this book, you've, well, it's a pretty good-sized book. You've put a lot of information in here. You say it's for the Christian and the non-Christian, really more so for the non-Christian to inform them. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I wanted to wake people up. So if, if you know somebody who's not awake to these issues, and probably most of your listeners, Mark, are awake, they I'm sure they have friends and family that aren't awake. And this book, you know, if they're open, if, they, if they're a thinky person, if they read this book, I think by the end of it, they will be awake. All right. So tell people again how they can find out more about the book Counterpunch and also Western Journal and, and other things that you Yeah, well, they can, if, they, if you come to westernjournal.com, you can get the book there. I Actually, if you subscribe to Western Journal, I give it away free. And um, at uh, christianbook.com, at Barnes & Noble, at amazon.com, anywhere books are sold, you know, I'd be grateful if you, if you, you give it to people. I have uh, written this because I felt like the Lord wanted me to write it. Before I sat down to write every time, I prayed for the Holy Spirit to help me to know what to put on the pages. And this is is, is my sacrifice. This, is, this book was my worship, and hopefully it will help change hearts and minds and, and lead people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, Floyd, we sure do appreciate you taking the time to be with us today here on Cross Point. I believe many people will be blessed and maybe encouraged to go do something by reading Counterpunch. Thank you so much for writing it. Well, Mark, thank you, and I enjoyed our conversation today. Good interview today with Floyd Brown. Folks, the Bible calls us to be more active than we have really been. The Bible's other book I have in my hand right now. You know, Floyd's book's a good book. He, Like you said, he prayed every day to write that book. He wanted to know what God's Word said so he could write this to help us to understand what we need to be doing. And this Bible that I hold in my hand, but it'll help you understand you've got to read it every day so you'll understand books like Counterpunch that Floyd wrote. 
it's because the Bible's the very essence of life. It's the inspired words of God. And you can discover what life holds for you if you'll read the Bible. The words are never outdated. It accurately will show you what eternity holds for those that will follow it. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and never follow. Be sure to join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are having an effect on the church. Have a great week and allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083. Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. I invite you to check out the Author's Corner podcast where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Author's Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster.